Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message. Hey, what's up, everybody? You good? You awake? You live? Hey, anybody like stuff? Let's just be honest. Come on. It's okay. Thank you, Miss Evelyn. Yes, we like stuff, right? We like things, right? How many of you got you, you, you kind of Black Friday shopping this week? Anybody in the room? You're going to brave it? Charlie, you're going to brave it? you got to watch out, man. you got some moves ready, some defensive tactics. Okay, good. You might need it. <laughs> you might need it. Uh, yeah, Black Friday's coming up, and maybe you're shopping the deal. We, we like stuff, man, and, and, and there's certainly uh, nothing wrong with having uh, stuff, but, uh, but obviously we can let that get out of control. Anybody have Amazon Prime? Right, okay, yeah, we, all the ladies, I see lots of ladies' hands, okay, a few guys, that's cool, that's cool for all your, your good stuff. Man, what a, what a thing, what a genius uh, thing for us to have, like, if we already don't have uh, enough issues with spending, now you can just do it right from your phone, it's super easy, uh, you know, you, you find what you want, you can get it, like, overnight, free shipping, right, and, uh, and you can just click a button, and boom, you have bought something. Yeah, what, what a world we live in, where we have everything, even food now. I saw where, um, where Burger King is now shipping, delivering food. I'm like, who is going to order Burger King, number one, and number two, have that shipped to their house? Uh, you know, Burger King is kind of on the bottom, of, even though their breakfast is, I, I like them little, them little uh, hash brown things they have. Those are so good. But anyway, um, but yeah, yeah, Amazon Prime, it's, it's awesome. You can get what you want really quick. Uh, if you forgot something or, or if you need something like in an emergency, in the church world, that's really convenient because if a piece of equipment goes out, like you can get it real quick and, and, and be cool. But, but if we're not careful, that, just like anything else, can get out of control. Where are all the husbands in the room? You're like, you got that right, brother. Um, it can get out of control. If you're seeing Amazon packages show up at your door every day, uh, maybe there's some conversations you need to have uh, with your spouse. <laughs> Obviously, Christmas is coming up, so I know around our house we're seeing a lot more uh, Amazon packages coming in. Uh, now you don't even have to go to the mall anymore to go shopping, uh, even though Ted usually does uh, on Christmas Eve. If you didn't know that, he shops. Um, on, he's he's kind of crazy like that. But if you know, he was on TV one year. Matter of fact, I'm calling him out. Um, but he, he was on the news. They were going around Christmas Eve seeing all the people shopping last minute, and Ted was on the, on the news. And, you know, I think you, you were quoted, I know what I want, and that's where I'm going to get it. And so... Um, so yeah, so yeah, we're, we're that time of year, everybody's buying a bunch of stuff, getting ready uh, for, for Christmas, and uh, certainly, again, like I said, nothing wrong with having stuff, but it can, it can get out of uh, control if we're not careful. The Bible mentions the topic of money and possessions, get this, over 2,000 times, right? Do you think it's a big deal to God? If it's in there, he's talking about it, so, so why? Why does God uh, care so much about that? I think it has to do with the fact that uh, money is the number one thing in contention with our hearts. Do you think God knows that that is uh, what it is with our hearts? And stuff? Think about this. At an early age, parents, if you're in the room, you understand this. But guess what? It was you too when you were little. Our first thing, think about what, what are some of the first words that come out of our mouth or out of your child's mouth? What is it? Usually, okay, that's one of them. You're tracking with me. I understand. I, I feel you. Usually mama or dada or something like that, but then no is right around there. And then shortly followed up with what? Mine. I want, yeah, mine, mine, mine. What, you guys, any, with Finding Nemo, the little bird, mine, 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 mine. That's your kids, right? 
Uh, that was you. Don't, don't hate on the kids. Right? That was you at one point because we're all, we're, we're all born into uh, selfishness. That's one of the very first things that, that we kind of get is being selfish. And then that might, might. Even still, I have a seven-year-old son and a four-year-old daughter, and they still fight her. Hey, that's mine. Maybe that's going to keep going. I don't know. But I, when you get married, maybe it's the same thing. Hey, that, that's mine. You know? That was my breakfast. I, that's my cereal. I don't know. Maybe you do that. We don't do that in our house. But, um, that's my chair. That's my spot. Certainly when you have kids, all that's gone. You have nothing anymore when you have kids. It's all. You know. but, but even at a young age, they know what it means to be selfish. And really, if you look at the root of all sin, I'm not calling your kids sinners, right? We're all sinners, falling short of the glory of God, so don't get offended, don't get mad. But, um, but really at the root of all sin is selfishness, right? About us and our desires and I want what I want and, you know, and so the root of that. So, so maybe there's a reason why God talks so much about money and possessions because here's what we should be. We, we should be uh, influential people. We're trying to influence people to the kingdom of God, right? Oh, we should be selfless, um, caring, generous people. So, so that's why we started this topic last week. We're talking about heart for the house. We started a series called Heart for the House, um, getting a heart of generosity so that we can learn to, to give and have a heart after because God is a giving, loving, caring God. And, and so we talked about that uh, last week. And last week we talked about putting God first because if, we, if we're not on that level, if we're not understanding that I have to put God first, including in, in tithing and in, in my finance, if I'm not putting God first in my life, everything else is going to be out of order and not prioritized, right? Okay. So, so, so last week we talked about putting God first. Today I want to talk to you about living in abundance. Now this is not a prosperity message, okay? I am not one of these prosperity preachers, so, so don't get it twisted. Don't automatically think that that's what it is. If you're watching on, online today, I'm not a prosperity preacher, so don't don't at me, right? And uh, um, so, but, but, but we can live in abundance. It's different because the kingdom of God is different. You ever notice that? We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. It's, it's, it's different than the world uh, and the way they think. It's different. So we're going to look at that a little bit uh, today. In fact, turn to your uh, Bibles in Mark chapter 6. We're going to look at Mark chapter 6. Look at verse 34. We'll go there here uh, in just a minute. Last week, we talked about uh, scarcity. And what that means and what that looks like to living, to live in scarcity, in this cycle of scarcity. Many people are living in that cycle of scarcity. What does that look like? What does that mean? If you remember last week, that cycle of scarcity, it starts with us as a consumer. So we consume. Uh, we consume, we consume so much that eventually we lack, right? Especially if you're, if you're not, uh, you know, budgeting and, and prioritizing uh, your finances and things, you can easily see, like, hey, where is all the money going, right? Um, and and so, so we consume, we consume so much that we lack. When we lack, we fear, okay, because it's like, okay, what's going on? How am I going to pay my bills? And I don't know how I'm going to get out of this rut. I, you know, I don't know if I have enough. I know God wants me to give, but I don't know if I can afford to give. And so we live in that fear. And then when we do get enough, we end up starting the cycle all over and consuming again. Because, hey, I got money now, so there's some things that, that I want. And so we talked about that cycle of scarcity last week. The scarcity cycle, it starts in the mind, not in the wallet. Okay? It, it's, uh, thank you. I'm, thank you for that. I'm going to keep you around, Kelly. It starts in the mind, not in the wallet, right? 
So, so we can easily look at your wallet and you can easily say, hey, there is not much in there. You can look at your bank account and think, man, I don't know if there's enough. But if you think that way and you're constantly, and, you, and certainly if you're not tithing and you're not seeking after God and putting him first in your life, you, you can easily live in this mindset of, I just, I, I don't feel like I can catch up. I'm never going to have enough. We're never going to be able to go on that vacation. It's been five years since our, I'm tired. I want to go on vacation. Yeah, so many you feel, feel what I'm saying. I, don't, I feel like we're, we're in debt and, and I feel like we just can't, we keep digging ourselves in the hole. Some, this comes up or that comes up. Life happens and so I, I just, I, you know, I don't know if we'll ever get it. So, so it's in our, our mind, not necessarily in our wallet, the Bible tells us, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Now, if generosity, if giving uh, your life to God, including your finances, if those things and being a, a giving, generous person, if that's not what you do, you got to start with how you think. If you want to change that, if you want to shift in that, if you want to, if you want to have financial freedom, or if you want to be walking in God and, and, and everything that He wants you to do, and not not walking in fear, thinking I don't have enough, but walking in God, knowing in God I have everything that I need, I have more than, than enough. If you want to start do that, if you want to change your mindset, I want you to look at this uh, passage in Mark chapter six, verse thirty-four. Very familiar passage. Many of you have probably uh, heard this or read this or studied this at some point, but here you have Jesus. Jesus and the boys, right? Jesus and the crew, they're, they're on a boat, and they, they land, right? And they come up to, to this huge crowd that has gathered, right? And, and the Bible tells us that Jesus has compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. They looked at Jesus, and they said, this is a remote place, they said. It's already very late. In other words, there's not a McDonald's nearby, right? There's no Chick-fil-A here. There's no Chili's or Outback. This is a remote place. There's nothing around. And it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he, being Jesus, answered, you give them something to eat. Can you, can you put yourself in the disciples' shoes and looking at Jesus? You, why don't you give them something to eat, right? And they said to him, that would take more than a half year's wage. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Go and see. And when they found out, they said five and two fish. Jesus, we thank you for being such a loving and giving God. You gave your life for us. So that we might live. You, you, you supply all of our needs according to your riches in glory. Father, the, the psalmist David in, in Psalm chapter 23 says, You are my shepherd, I shall not want. God, help us to, 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 to see through their eyes. God, help us to see with your eyes. God, not to see um, what we have or, or don't have, but simply just to trust in you. Change our hearts, Lord. Help us today. If there's some in, in the room today, they feel like they don't have enough or they're living in scarcity, God, or, or, or maybe they're, 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 they're living in fear, not, not trusting in you fully. God, change us. Shape our hearts, Lord, so that we can live the abundant life that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Look, at there's two mindsets right here. You have the disciples and you have Jesus. And look at the difference between the two. The disciples were thinking, let's go by. 
we don't have enough, so let's go buy. In fact, let's send the people to go buy their own stuff, okay? And Jesus is thinking, no, why don't we give them? Why, what, what do you have? What do we have? Why, do, why don't we give them something? Jesus viewed this so differently than the disciples did. I mean, think about it. If you were in that situation, what, what would you do, right? If we were, we were in that situation, how, how would we process that? You know, here, here's all these people. There's thousands of people that have gathered right here. Jesus is, is a long-winded preacher, apparently, in this moment. And, and, and you can imagine everybody's looking at the... Because some of y'all do that, too. Man, church is going long today. Man, worship was long. Pastor better not preach so long because worship was, was, you know... Or pastor is preaching long, man. He must have got some revelation this week. What's going on, man? I'm hungry. Stomach starts talking to you. Growling. You ready to get out and get, get some food? And, and Jesus is, is, is apparently going through this. It become late. And he says, let's feed them. Let's feed them. And the disciples are like, all right, well, there's not really many places around here. You know, we, we can Google Siri, what's in the area, you know? Um, not much, Jesus. What, what should we do? But, but even if there was much, this is like, this is a lot of people that we're going to feed. That would be a half, half a year's wage. We ain't got that kind of money, Jesus. We're, 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 just, we're just students, right? <laughs> we're your students, right? We don't make a whole lot. You know, you put, put yourself in that position today. Think about how you would view this and Jesus says, No, no, what do you have? What do you have to give? Two different mindsets. The disciples, they were thinking through scarcity. Scarcity, when you think through that cycle or you're living through that cycle, whether it's with your finances or whether it's just your life in general, scarcity says there is not enough. I don't know if you're, you're in the room today and maybe, maybe you're looking at Christmas coming and you're like, Man, there's just not enough. Maybe think, you think just your life in general. You think through your life and you think about the things that maybe you have been through or are going through now. And you're just thinking, I, I don't, this, this just isn't enough. Maybe you're, you looked at your bank account this week online and, and you're looking and say, I, I, I don't know how this is going to work. This, this just isn't enough. If you were honest, man, many of us in that room, we've had those thoughts this week. In John's account of this story. He tells it like this. Philip answered him, if we take more than a half a year's wage to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far is that going to go among so many? Like two, two small fish. Man, I love eating fish. I love some fried fish now. I'll tear it up. So let me, let me paint a picture for you. Two small fish, that probably means about four fillets. Maybe. That's enough for me. For many of you in the room, that's enough for you too. We're talking about thousands, hundreds and thousands of people that have gathered here. That, the, two small fish, that's not even enough. They had five loaves. That's not, that don't add up. That's not enough sandwiches for people, man. That's not, that's not enough. And the disciples are looking at this through this scarcity lens and, and I said, Jesus, how are we going to feed? How is this going to stretch out among so many? Maybe you think to yourself sometimes, maybe it's laughable sometimes how little there is in your life and how much you know you need. Man, have you, have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt that way? Maybe you were like the many there that day. Maybe, maybe you feel like there's way more month 
than there is money. Maybe sometimes you, you're looking to get ahead and something breaks, right? Always, right? You're looking to get ahead. You're, you're looking to, to put a dent. You're, you're, you're almost there. You're almost ahead. You've almost got that thing paid off. Something breaks. Car breaks down. AC goes out. The roof leaks, right? Come on. Something happens. It's easy to look through a scarcity lens. It's easy to look through that mindset and that cycle and see that there's not enough. But Jesus is looking through a lens of abundance. Abundance says there's more than enough. Jesus is looking at those loaves and and those fish and he's saying, what you talking about? Well, there's more than enough. We got, we got this. There, there's plenty. Let, look at what happens. Matthew's account says they all ate and were satisfied. They, all, they were satisfied. They were full, y'all. They had a food baby going on. Y'all know what the food baby is, right? We're about to have a food baby after service today when we eat lunch together. This Thanksgiving dinner coming up, we're gonna, you're going to have a... They, they had the itis. Y'all know what the itis is? That's when you eat so much that you get sleepy afterwards. That, that's the itis. They had the itis going on. They were full. They were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. Not only were they full and satisfied, but there were leftovers. Hundreds and thousands of people. And there was leftovers, and everybody had enough. Scarcity asked, what can I afford? Abundance asked, what do I have? What do I have? Because... When you look at it through the lens of abundance, there's more where that came from. Listen, I, I, you know, Haley and I, when we first got married, we really didn't have a whole lot of anything. We, we had love, right? We had love and we had plans and dreams, and we, but we didn't. And, and man, God has, has just blessed us. Um, you know, my, my grandmother, there was, there was a house that was my uh, great-grandparents that was on their property, and no one was living there at the time, and, and, and she let us stay there rent-free. Whoo, come on. We said we will fix it up. We will pay the, the, the utilities and whatnot. So we did that. We didn't have any furniture. In fact, I believe generally, I believe your sister Sheila gave us a, uh, a bunch of stuff. Uh, um, what's that thing? Sectional. Thank you. Good grief. Sectional and a recliner. Man, I had a recliner, y'all. I was a king. You got a recliner. You all right. And we were just blessed. We were blessed. And, God, and so you know what? You know what we did when we finally were able to buy our own stuff? We gave that stuff away. We still, just the other day, we had a student that was in our youth ministry years ago. She's an adult now. makes me feel real old. But she was like, hey, I'm moving into my own place now. I'm looking to, to get some, anybody. Got so we gave, we gave a day bed that was Haley's when she was a teenager. We weren't using it. It was just in a corner. Gave away our very first uh, TV stand that we had bought when we got married. We, gave, we still had it. We gave it away. We weren't using it. It was in our office. We gave it. Away. We were talking about last night, I was like, what if we did like a yard sale? You know, what if we did a yard thing? Christmas is coming, it'd be nice to have a little extra. What if we did? And she's like, you know, I, I know we probably could, but we just give stuff away. That's, our, that's a culture. That's our heart. And that's what, that's what I want you to get in your life. That's what God wants you to have is, is a culture and a lifestyle of being generous and, and just giving it away. What is God calling you to give? What is God calling you in this area of generosity. But if we look through the lens of scarcity, then we, we won't ever feel like we can do that because there's not enough. I can't afford to do that. But if you look through the lens of abundance, there is more than enough. God's economy is very different than the world's economy. Very different. 
And when we follow Jesus, he completely redefines what we can do with a little. Completely redefines it. We might think, hey, a dollar won't get you very much. But actually, you can get a coffee at McDonald's, not at Starbucks, but at McDonald's. Um, you can get a coffee at McDonald's. You can get a drink at the gas station. You can go to the dollar store and get something. Like this. You can do a lot. If we all put our dollars together, we can do a lot. I, you know, looking around the room, there's maybe almost 100 people here today. If we all gave at least $10, now that, that might be a lot for some of you. Some of you might be able to give more. But if we at least gave $10 each, that would almost be $1,000. If some of you gave more, that would be over. We could do that in one sitting, in one day. And we could do a lot with that money. Our, our dollars can go a lot when we put them together. And not just put them together, but trust God with it. Because God multiplies. You live, if you view life through the lens of scarcity, you're always going to walk in fear. You're always going to be fearful. You're always going to be anxious. But Jesus has a different plan for you. If you're, if you're, if you're walking in fear today, if you're, if you're being anxious because you're looking at, at your finances, you're looking at your life and, and you're saying, man, there's, there's not enough. If you're anxious, if you're worried, if you're getting worried about Christmas coming up because you, you don't feel like you have enough, Jesus does not want you to live in that. He does not want you living in fear and in worry and in anxiety. This is his plan for you. Look at John 10, 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I come that they may have life and have it abundantly. That is Jesus' plan for you. What you have plus Jesus is always going to be more than enough. Always. Stop looking at what you don't have and start looking at what you do have in Jesus. But if you're not trusting in him, if you're not having faith to believe and following after him and what he wants for your life, it's going to be hard to see that. It's going to be hard to see that. Look at God. Look at, look at, everything about God is excessive. Everything about God is extravagant. Everything about God is more than, look at how he created all things, right? He didn't just say, he, he didn't pull a Bob Ross and just say, I'm just going to put one little tree over here. Y'all know Bob Ross, the painter? The guy with the big fro, right? I'm just going to put him up. Oh, God said, God, God said, listen, man, can you imagine that the, the creativity and the imagination of God? Now, that's probably nothing we can fathom. But he looked at everything. There was nothing, just him. He has this picture of creation. It says, let there be light. Now, now let there be waters. Now let there be land. Now let there be animals. Now let there be humanity. The complexity at which your body functions points to the fact that there is a creator, a divine designer. You cannot tell me that, that all this came from some single-celled organism that evolved over time. Because the fact of the matter is, if you study science, over time things get chaotic. But your body, look at the way your body functions. Your brain and the amount of information that it stores, that's complex. The heart and the way it pumps blood to the rest of your body, the, all the cells and, and all the things that make up your body. The miracle of birth. You can't tell me there's not a God that designed all that and created all that. You can't tell me that. See, God is extravagant. He's over the top. God is extra. Right? He, he, he is a God of abundance. Everything about him is that way. So because of that, you can trust in him. You can trust in him. Quit looking at what you don't have. 
Again, I'm not talking about prosperity. I'm not talking about you becoming rich. That's not the goal. That's some other message. That ain't God. We're not talking about you. But see, again, if you're looking through the right lens, you will be rich. It won't be with earthly treasure. It won't be for things stored up for this world. You will be rich. You will prosper in God's way, in his way. So many miss out on that, though. So many miss out on that abundant life that God has for them. Look at how God works. Number one, God multiplies what is blessed. God multiplies what is blessed. Uh, Mark chapter 6, verse, verse, verse 40 and 1. 40 and 41. I'll get it. They sat down in groups of hundreds and of fifties. And he took the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up to heaven, he blessed the food. God multiplies what is blessed. When you return the tithe to him, because it's all his anyway, but when you return that, when you send that return uh, back to him and you tithe, what you are doing is you are releasing God's blessing over your life. And again, I'm not talking about you're just releasing riches over you. It's a different kind, or it's a kingdom uh, riches. But you are, you are releasing that blessing over, again, we talked about this last week. What We surrender to God, he redeems, he blesses. Okay. So when we tithe, we are releasing that blessing into our life. Uh, we talked about this last week with Malachi 3.10. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord, and see if I will not do what? For open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much what? Blessing. That there will not be room enough to store it. That's a lot of blessing. I don't know if that's something you're interested in today. That's a lot of blessing. Come on. To throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out what you cannot contain. So much so that you have more than enough that you can give away. And bless some other people. It's generosity. It's generosity. That's an absurd amount. Billy and Sheila, I'd like to call you guys up. They want to share just their story and, and how they gave. But, but God is saying there is more than you can imagine. There is an endless supply that comes from him. If you'll simply trust in him today, you'll simply trust in him. And God's not stingy, right? He's not saying, I'm only going to do this when you pay up, right? He doesn't need your cash. What he's saying is that he can trust us with the abundance of heaven. And when our faith and action uh, in the tithe shows that he is first in our heart, he will open the floodgates of blessing in your life. How many of you want that, right? I mean, you want God to bless you so much. You have more than enough that you're just ready to bless some other people. Right? Come on. Our souls were created to do that. You were created to do that. But when we follow the world's standard, when we follow the world's way, it's all about me, mine, mine. I want what's mine. I want what's coming to me. Billy and Sheila to share. They came to me last week and were like, man, we, we got to share. We got to share what God has done in their life. It's an incredible story. So, so sit back, relax, and uh, I'm going to let them take over from here. Go ahead. Thank you, Pastor, for this opportunity. Uh, anytime I can share about what God does, uh, it, it's amazing. It just, it just uh, excites me. And, and, you know, our story, we've told it many times, but uh, about 1990, uh, Sheila and I and uh, her sister, we had a restaurant in Sefner. And uh, through some creative financing and stuff, we had to close it down. 
And we walked away from that restaurant personally owing $60,000. I had borrowed $20,000 against my mom's property. We maxed out three credit cards. All of our savings were gone. And, of course, I had to, you know, rely on the, uh, the city uh, paycheck. And that, back then that wasn't very much. And so we had just recently got saved coming here. And, um, you know, what's the first message we start hearing about is giving, giving. I'm like, give, I owe, you know. <laughs> so they talk about, you know, collecting an offering. I said, sure, you think that was collecting an offering for us? You know, we, we, we didn't have <laughs> anything. We owed. And so as time went on, we kept hearing the message, you know, about tithing and offering. And Sheila and I talked about it. And, you know, we said, well, we'll, we'll start giving five bucks a week. I could scrounge up five bucks. And so as our faith grew, you know, we found ourselves in a difficult point, getting dragged to court, uh, our, my wages being garnished, judgments filed against us, man. It was horrible times. And uh, we got to a point where one week we find, found ourselves needing $350, and uh, we just didn't know what we were going to do. And so one Sunday night, uh, this older couple came up to us and said, would you and Sheila come over to our house tonight after service? We, we didn't know them. We didn't know who they were. Yeah, we'll do that. And so we had our, you know, our kids were little. So we went over to their house, and, you know, we chit-chatted and, and gave, you know, had a little, uh, some tea and stuff like that. And they brought this brown paper sack out and set it on the table. And they said, we'd like to bless you. I'm like, huh? <laughs> you know. So uh, we, we go home, and Sheila starts opening up the bag. And about 5, 10, 15, 20, 100, 200, 300. $350 was in that bag, wow. and we're like, yeah, that, that, that was our light bill. I know you hear stories like that, but it's the truth. You know, God knew what we needed. He wanted to build our faith, and he used somebody in the church. Somebody in the church listened. God spoke to somebody, and they listened and to the penny. And so now when, when Sheila and I uh, bless others and stuff like that, that is the greatest testimony is when a couple of days later they come up to you and say, that was exactly what we needed. Mm. You know, the only thing God wants to prosper is what's inside of you so that when he blesses you, you don't hoard the blessing and you give the blessing to somebody else. And that, that was how we first learned to give. So this is part two. <laughs> On the other hand of that, the following week, Billy says, you know, we were blessed, so we have to start doing what we're supposed to do. I said, okay, what do you mean? So he sits down at the table. He pays all of our bills. And he gives me a check. And as a mother with kids, I mean, it was hard. He said, you have to make the decision. I'm like, what are you talking <laughs> about? Yes, yes, you have to make the decision. Are we going to pay tithe or are you going to buy groceries? Great, you know. We don't have any food to feed the kids. And you're leaving that up to me. I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> and that Sunday, I put that check in the that week, I ate better, and my kids ate better than if I had bought the groceries myself. Wow. So there again, you trust God, and he will pour it out, and he's been pouring it out ever since, because we learn a lesson. We learn a hard lesson, but it's one we won't forget, and we love sharing it, because if you trust him, he will. He'll come through. He comes through every time. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Did you guys had some medical bills. Oh, yeah. It was last, last year, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, I had a double hernia, and uh, the bill, we don't, we don't have health insurance, so the bill was $175,000. And 
and so uh, we paid 500 bucks out of our pocket just you know the emergency room and stuff and through that process uh, God canceled that debt and he, the hospital even reimbursed us the 500 bucks we paid come on man you know? come on man I, I'm serious <laughs> they man. never do that yeah yeah so that is awesome. uh, God's good we give him the glory and uh, thank you for the opportunity Sir. It's a kingdom principle. It's a kingdom principle that if you will follow it, it will become a culture in your life. You will be able to live in abundance. Again, we're not talking about becoming rich. It's not about you prospering in the way that the world views it, but in the eyes of God. It's a biblical principle. If you feel stuck in your faith journey, if tithing is a part of your life, do it. Do it. Watch your faith skyrocket. Watch your faith begin to grow. Watch God start doing some things. Watch, uh, you know, st start walking in the same thing that, that Billy and Sheila are walking. Because I'm sure that they just didn't experience it uh, on, on the table with the food that they needed. I'm sure they didn't just experience it financially. I'm sure it delved into all parts of their life. Because of this principle of being generous. God multiplies what is blessed. When you trust him, when you surrender it to him, he will bless it. Number two, God multiplies what is given away. God multiplies what is given. So he, he multiplies what is blessed and he multiplies what is given away. In Matthew's account of our story today, he says he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. Where did the miracle happen? Because it happened, but where, where did it happen? Right? They, they didn't, they, Jesus didn't pray. And uh, as he's praying, all of a sudden, the, the fish started to just pile up, right? Because the, the if it did, it would say it somewhere in the text. It doesn't say it anywhere in the four gospel accounts. Where did the miracle happen? There was enough to feed 20,000 people. That's two semi-trucks worth of food. It's a lot of food. Where did it come from? They would have saw it. How, how did it happen? The miracle seems to have happened the moment that the food left the disciples' hands. As they're breaking and as they're giving, that's where it seems to happen. The life of a follower of Jesus is completely different. It's completely counterintuitive. Completely different. The Bible tells us if you want to find yourself, you got to lose yourself. Man, that don't make sense. The greatest will be the one who lays down his life to serve. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who hurt you. Pray for your enemies. That's different way of doing things. Proverbs 11, 24 and 25 says, one person gives freely yet gains even more. What? You mean, if I give, I, you, you would get, it's a kingdom principle. It doesn't make sense in any other thing in this world. But it's a kingdom principle. One person gives freely yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. The real miracle is the revelation that we are at total peace because God is caring for us. We're at total peace because it's God that's coming through. It's God that is providing. It's not my job. It's not my employer. It's not the government. It's not anything else. It's not the work of my hands, but it is God that is supplying my needs. It is God that is blessed. It is God. There is peace. There is power. There is freedom. 
in living an abundant life through Jesus. Check out Matthew. He says, don't worry, saying what shall you eat or what shall you drink or what shall you wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first his kingdom and his right. Seek first God. Put your trust, put your faith, put your life in his hands. Now, in this story, most of us go no further than the fact that Jesus multiplied a very little to feed a very lot. The amazing thing that happens is not the what, but it's the why. It's the why. Mark 6, 34, remember he said when Jesus landed, saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them. Because they were like sheep without a shepherd, so he began to teach them many things. Jesus had compassion on them. He saw that they were lost. He saw that they were in need, not just of something physical, but of something more. He was obsessed and preoccupied with everyone and everything but himself. And that's what giving does. That's what generosity does in us. It changes us. Generosity is the antidote to materialism. It is a death sentence to selfishness Generosity makes us like Jesus. So go ahead and stand with me this morning. Worship team, you guys can come on up. We have to shift our mindset from scarcity to abundance. From living in what looks like to not be enough to living in I've got more than enough. We've got to shift that mindset. And when we do that, we'll realize that life is too short and it's too important to live with stress and with worry and anxiety, what we start to do is we start to view things with a kingdom mindset. We start to look at things through the lens of, of Jesus and we start to realize that, that, that where I'm at now in relation to eternity is just, it's just a small little part. So since it's a small little part, I've got to do the most with it. Let me get a couple volunteers. Up here, can you, can you, Charlie, can you come on up? I love, I love picking on you, it's so fun. Michael, why don't you come up too? Come on, guys. You don't have to do anything, you don't have to say anything, don't be shy. So you're gonna stay down here. Michael, you're gonna come over here. Just hold that up right here. Let, let them see it, yeah, yeah. So this is where we're at. This is your life, the now, right? And I want you to picture an arrow going to eternity. Many of us, we live for the now. Because this is where we're at. This is what's going on in my life right now. This is, what, this is what I need. It's hard to picture tomorrow. It's hard to plan for the future because right now, there's all kind of stuff going on, right? And so when we do that, when we live for the here, we live for the now, it's hard to live for eternity. I want you to look in relation to your life here and now into the rest of eternity because this arrow, it just keeps going. This is very small in comparison to eternity. The Bible tells us that our life is, is, is here today, gone tomorrow. It's a vapor. It's a shadow, if you will. Here, to, here one minute, gone the next. Our life is very short. Now, some of you might be thinking, oh, man, I feel like it just keeps like it's dragging on here, but, but life really is, it is very short in comparison to eternity. So since it is so short, 
shouldn't we be doing the most with our now so that it will impact eternity? So in other words, we can do the most now with everything that God has done in us and through us, everything that God wants to do, everything that he wants to do through your generosity, we can impact eternity. We can depopulate hell and we can begin to grow heaven. Come on, somebody. We can, if we will begin to look with a different mindset and learn to be generous people, what we do now could bless other people. It could change. Look at, we, we can let people see Jesus through us, through our generosity, not just our money, but our time and our talents. Right? Look at what the Bible says in Matthew 6, 19 and 21. Do not store up yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy it or where thieves break in and steal it, but store up for yourself what treasures in where? In heaven. Where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's hard to give. It's hard to be generous. But we don't understand what our real treasure is. When we're just living for the now, or we're just living for ourselves, or when we live in this scarcity mindset. But, but if we will trust God, and we'll allow Him to lead us, and allow Him to, to speak into our life, and not worry about, hey, if I give this, I'm not going to have enough. But it's in that generosity, and it's in that trusting in God. Just like Sheila said, hey, we, we've got to do this. And you give to God, or you give to someone because God told you to, and you trust in Him and let Him supply your need. You might very well just bless somebody into heaven. You might very well just change someone's life just like Billy and Sheila had their life changed. You might very well impact eternity in God's kingdom. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you. Many of us, we know the past here at this church. I told you the story of it, the brief, short story of it, and how this church was birthed and how it started. Many of you have been going here a long time. You've seen people. You've come and go. You've seen a lot of lives touched and changed right here. We, we know the past. Like We're here in the present. But what could the future here look like? Come on, dream with me a little bit. What could the future here at TLC look like? Certainly we want to see more people come to know Christ. Certainly we want our community to come to know Christ. Certainly we want to see more people in these pews. More people means more ministry. That's more souls. That's more life that, that, that hear the truth of, of God's word. But more people, more ministry means more staff, more materials, more things. What could the future look? look I, I would love one day, I'll share this with many people. I'd love to have a, a family life center. So where we have plenty of classrooms for our kids on on. Wednesday nights and Sunday, maybe even Sunday school classrooms, I don't know, but, but just plenty of classrooms and plenty of space, a gym, all this stuff. But then also throughout the week, we have a mentor center in that. We have kids coming after school, where a place where it's safe, a place where they're going to feel loved, a place where people are going to speak into their life, a place where, where they can come and get tutored, a place where people can come and learn English, a place where people can come and learn how to write a resume. I'd love to have a place like that right here on that property. What, what could the future look like? And I, I, I just heard of a church in Lakeland. They took up an offering, raised a million dollars, and paid off over a million dollars in medical bills. 
for people in their community. What could we do like that, right? What could that do? Another church in our town, they just did a whole clinic on a weekend where they, they did uh, dental work for people for free. Uh, they Oil changes, um, gas, haircuts, shoes, the whole thing for their community. What could we do? What could the future look like here? It's got to start with a heart for the house. It's got to start the very basic level of this, understanding that we have to trust God first. We have to give Him first and then learn to trust Him and live in this abundant life. Learn to have a culture of generosity in our lives and in our hearts. We have a chance to impact the kingdom of God that will echo into eternity. We can do that through our generosity. All of us coming together. Some of you can, you can give a little. Some of you can give a lot more. And when we put it all together, we can do a lot of things for the kingdom of God. But that will come from living in an abundance and realizing we have more than enough. So with every head bowed, every eye closed today, I had a couple questions for you. Number one, if you're here today and you would say, man, I am struggling I'm struggling with viewing the world through the lens of not enough. I feel like I don't have enough, but I want to change that. If that's you, will you simply pray this morning, God, help me to live open-handed. God, open my heart to be generous. And then if you're here today and you would say, hey, man, how, how could God want me to have an abundant life when I have made so many mistakes in my life? I would simply tell you this this morning. His grace is sufficient for you. It is more than enough for you. His love covers a multitude of sins. He died for you so that you don't have to live in your past so that you can have an abundant life as well. So with every head bowed, every eye closed this morning, if you're here today and you don't know Christ, and maybe you think that way, thinking, I don't know if God would even love me enough because I've done so wrong. And you would simply say today, I, I want freedom in Jesus. I want to know him as my Lord and Savior. I want him to forgive me so that I can begin walking in that abundant life. If you never asked Jesus to your heart today and you'd like to do that, can you slip your hand up with no body looking around the room? Is there anybody you want to say yes? Yeah, thank you. I see that hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? You would say yes to Jesus. You would say yes to the abundant life all around the room, if you could pray this prayer together with me, repeat this after me, say, Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me, for dying on a cross for my sin. You are the Son of God. Will you come into my life today? Will you be the Lord and Savior of my life? Forgive me of my sin and help me to do better in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, can we give it up for those hands that were raised this morning? accepted Christ, I would encourage you to take some next steps from that, not just repeat that prayer, but you got to start living that out in your life today. In a moment, um, we're going to close out. I would encourage you to find someone to talk to you. Go, you know, if, it's, if it's someone with a lanyard, or if it's me or my wife or whoever, I'd encourage you to go talk to someone. Get, get some steps. Start reading the Bible. Start praying. Start seeking after God. Don't let it just be repeating a prayer after someone, but start living that out every day.
But if you're here today and you're ready to live generously, you're ready to live in abundance, it starts with just surrendering to God and trusting Him. And if I can call the ushers up, we're going to give you an opportunity to walk this out. We started this last week and encouraged everyone to give above and beyond the tithe, to, 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 to walk out and activate that generosity into your life and to give to what we're calling heart for the house so that we can do more ministry, so that we can update some things in the room, some things that we, we need to do. And if you could simply have a heart, if you could simply pray in just a few moments, we're going to worship together one more time, and then we're going to have the ushers go around. But if you would simply pray, say, God, what will it be that you would have me give? How could I be generous today? How could I live open-handed and give towards heart for that? And I want you to think like this, because many of you might be thinking right now, man, I don't... I don't, I don't want to give just to make the building look prettier, right? You're giving to more than just brick and mortar. You are investing in lives because people come here to find Christ. People come here to find life change through Jesus. So don't think with that mindset. We are investing in the kingdom through our generosity. So in a moment, I'm going to pray. I want to encourage you to pray too. God, what would you have me give? above and beyond my tithe today to be generous, to have a heart for the house. You can give in the envelope, just mark it, heart for the house. You can give online or you can text give. I think we have the text give number that you can put up there for me, Eric. You can text the word heart for house. When you give online, make sure you mark it, heart for the house. But as we pray, pray, say, God, what would you have me give today? Above and beyond the tithe generous eyes through a lens of abundance so that we can impact your kingdom today. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. God, I thank you for giving so much to us, God, for blessing us so much, Lord, that God, when we trust in you, Lord, you open the floodgates of heaven in our lives. Father, I pray that today, as we give, what I right now begin to speak to hearts and lives, God, Begin to speak, Lord. Begin to, to stir hearts of generosity in the room, God. Let it become a culture of generous giving, Lord. We are blessed to be a blessing, God. It's more than about the building. It's more than making a name for ourselves. It's about making a name for you, Jesus. It's about investing in people's lives and investing in the kingdom. God, what would you have us give this morning? Give us a heart for the house. In Jesus' name, God, bless these tithes and offerings. Multiply them so that we can continue to be your hands and feet. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for tuning in this week. If you'd like more info about our church, if you'd like to make a donation to our ministry here at Transforming Life, go to www.tlchurchpc.com. If you haven't been to our church yet, we would love to meet you. Come by for a life-changing experience. God bless.